0: Welcome to The Small Business Show. We have created a podcast to have candid and in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs and professionals we find fascinating. Learn the tips and tricks for marketing, running, and growing a small business. The Small Business Show is the official podcast of Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. You're listening to The Small Business Show. My name is Swire Ho from Garuda Promo. Your host for the show. My guest today is Jessica Fiakovich from Exit Factor. Jessica is a business exit expert, number one best-selling author, speaker, and a small business advocate. I'm looking at Jessica's bio, and she she owns a classic entrepreneur journey because she has problems selling her web uh, her own business a decade ago, and then she actually, after the experience, she decided. Then she would take matters into her own hand and found her business, you know, helping client exit and selling the business, business brokerage office. Before that, welcome to the show, Jessica.
1: Thank you so much, Swire. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: I, I really love to find out more about the backstory. You know, what makes you really, were you frustrated or were you, did you see there's an opportunity there, you know, you can actually make that into the business because of your experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're right. It's the classic entrepreneur story. I had a problem. Um, so I went about solving it myself, but when I saw, uh, sold my first business, which was in the wine and spirits arena, um, over a decade ago, I, I went into that journey and I realized that all along my career in life, I had been taught how to found a business, start a business, maybe grow a business, but very few people or education platforms talked about how to sell a business or how to get a business ready for sale. So in the last 10 years, I I have built a really successful M&A practice and business brokerage practice. But really, I still go back to that number one question of like, why aren't we educating business owners on how to build a sellable business, how to build a valuable business from day one? Um, So that's what Exit Factor was founded to do, was really to pull back the curtain, give the playbook to small business owners and be like, this is exactly the roadmap of how you're going to be able to achieve your exit goals.
0: Thanks for sharing. I think doing the uh, small business show is, is kind of interesting. You know, every time that I bring guests on, there are guests that like to build business. At a certain point, they will exit or find someone else to take care of it. And, and they like starting new businesses. But there are also entrepreneurs that I talk to that are holding on to the business. And you, I can tell that they will never let go. So do you plan to build a business to exit? Or how would you advise people like kind of like when is the best time to consider selling?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a great question, and one of the um, jokes I use my my co my um my mentor and I use this joke, but the joke is that you will exit your business at some point. It's just whether you're going to exit walking out the door or going feet first, right? <laughs> so we're all exiting, right? So I, I have. It is, I and I talk to a lot of business owners that, like, you know, they've owned their businesses for 10, 20, 40 years. Sometimes it's very hard for them to fathom a sale or an exit, right? But the other option to selling is really just closing the doors or closing the doors after something happens to you when you can no longer run the business. So I am a big proponent of that your business should be able to be sold at any point right? So the right time to start planning for your exit or planning what your eventual sales strategy is going to be ideally is day one in the business right now. Look, all of us have not done that. So the next best day is today really. And, and what it is, is it's more of a concurrent strategy. It's ensuring that your business can be sold at any time for maximum value while you're still running it. So then if you decide that it's time to retire or it's time to pursue something else, or, you know, hopefully not, but something happens to you health-wise that you can't continue running the business, you have an exit option. So it's not as much about like this well-defined exit plan or strategy, but it's just about having that option to exit and sell the business if you need it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good point in there. And I think we have a timely fashion, you know, have this discussion because for the past three years, things have been crazy. Whatever that we've been taught, I don't care where you learn it from, didn't work. Or, you know, some people actually have done better for the past couple of years because they jump onto the right trend. But unfortunately, there are some that are, you know, have to exit, like you said, or have to close the door. So from interacting with client and seeing the market, what do you think the market is going forward, especially in 2023 for people thinking about exiting?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I'm going to probably shock some of your listeners, but the best time to sell a business was the last two to three years, Really, right? So actually during the pandemic um, and right after the pandemic, I could say right after it hit, right after the major lockdowns, like business sales took off uh, and seller, we were selling a lot of businesses, sellers were getting premiums. And if you actually look at the demographic data of what was going on during that time period, lots of people were making different choices in their lives, Right. They were choosing to work from home or leave their jobs. We had the great resignation to have more control over their lives. And a lot of those people became business buyers. So we had this huge influx of business buyers into the small business market, which is what drove the number of sales and the premium prices and everything like that. Now, towards the end of last year, we had a ton of uncertainty in that buyer group. We had high inflation, the interest rates um, pretty much you know, doubled within a, a year time period. Um, and a lot of the incentives to purchase a business from a lending perspective have gone away. Hmm. So there's a lot of uncertainty during the second half of the year, and we saw a bit of a slowdown in terms of the numbers of businesses that were sold, um, a bit of a flattening, flattening off of the valuations. And we're you know, trying to evaluate whether this was gonna take a turn in the marketplace. And what we're really starting to see in the beginning of this year, this first quarter, is that that's exactly what happened. It was just a plateau, it just flattened off. So I would say it's a more equal level playing field between buyers and sellers than it was the previous two years. Sellers are still getting great prices, um, but they're not getting like some of the premium offers that they were. So it's still a very good time to sell. If we look at it comparatively between like now, between 18 and 19, selling prices are still up. Deals are still really getting done, even more so than that 2018, 19. But there is some questions in buyers' minds, right? And I, I think interest rates not going up again would be very helpful and <laughs> stabilizing that whole thing. But we will see what the Fed decides to do.
0: Okay, let's say you decided to sell, right? Or, or you know, listen listener decided they want to sell. I want to start by mistakes first. What are the most common mistakes that you see and we could avoid when you want to sell your business?
1: Yeah, so the first one we already talked about was deciding, like, to plan. So one of the big mistakes that um, people make is they don't think they're going to sell their business or they don't plan in advance for selling their businesses. And um, what we have seen is that our clients that do plan in advance and that engage in some type of planning process, they get more for their business, right? Our clients get an average of 56% more just by just putting a plan in place for a year or two in advance, nothing crazy, right? So that's uh, mistake number one. The mi- second mistake is related to expectations that we have in the process of selling, right? So there is a well-defined valuation process and a process of how businesses are sold. And sometimes as business owners, we can make the transaction more emotional um, than it is about the process and the math and and how you know deals get done typically. So it's kind of like I equated to um, your realtor will always tell you that if you put every dollar into your house, you're not necessarily going to get every dollar back, right? And it's the same thing with business. We put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into our business. And sometimes that doesn't equate to dollars on a page. Um, But just having misaligned expectations from what we want as sellers and what actually goes on in the marketplace. Um, So that's the second um, major thing. And then the last one is making the process about us, right? So a lot of times, as a business owner or business seller, Our role has been leading this company for a very long time sometimes. And when we go to sell, we tend to over-project our importance and our role in the company, which often scares buyers away. They'll be like, oh, well, the company is all about Jess. Why would I want to own her company? I'm not Jess. But in reality, when we pull back the layers, the company is not just about me. It's about all the people that are supporting me too in the company. And and sometimes I think we just, like I said, over-project the importance of that.
0: What would you say the time frame you know if a seller is committed to prepare for it? And uh, can you touch on a little bit? I would call it the the window dressing for the company.
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. So window dressing, you can actually do window dressing on a company and ensure it's sellable in six months or less, like Mm. just tidy up everything and make sure it's, it's like I said, it, it is sellable. And that's less about getting more for the business, but just ensuring it sells and it doesn't sit on the marketplace. So six months or less, that's kind of what it is. Um, about one um, to two years, you can achieve up to a 50% increase in value in your company by doing some strategic work on the company. Some companies achieve more, um, but that's kind of like the average. But if you're really pushing to really, really increase the value of your business, like some people I talked to want to increase their value two, three, four times, you really need two years or more dedicated structured work um, to ensure that that happens.
0: Okay, that's good to know. It, it, it's not a short time, but obviously, you know, if you want your best money, right, for the buck, then you know, there there's some work to be done.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: The million dollar, like literally the million dollar question, right? So how, how would you advise a business to and how do you guide them to valuation? Because obviously, if this is my business, I want top dollar for it. But obviously, on the buyer, they want the least amount of money or the best term that they have. So how do you balance it and, and advise, you know, seller when they sell their business.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's one of the number one questions that I get asked is how much is my business worth? When you go to sell the, the value of the business is determined to what a buyer is willing to pay you and what you're willing to accept. Right. But there is a formula and there's an industry standard of how you calculate the value of your business there's two parts to valuation. The first is the quantity of earnings. So that's how much your business makes in a year. And earnings is defined differently by different size businesses. It could be EBITDA, which is your earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or it could be something called seller's discretionary cash flow for smaller businesses. So that's your quantity of earnings. And as the quantity of earnings goes up, the value of the business also goes up. Larger businesses are worth more money. But there's a second aspect to it that's not so cut and dry, and that's the qualitative factors of the business. This is more the art part of the valuation of how attractive is this business on the marketplace compared to other ones. And some of the things that buyers focus, for, uh, focus on in this qualitative area is how involved is the owner? How predictable is the revenue? What are the barriers to entry in this industry? So those are the, all the qualitative factors. And when you put those two together, you know, quantitative, bigger businesses are worth more money, qualitative, more well-designed companies are more competitive um, on the marketplace, will generate more offers for a buyer. That's how you develop the valuation. And it's really defined by your earnings number, which is the quantity, times a multiple, which is those qualitative factors. And that's what the number comes up with. So too complicated to get into the actual math on the show, but I always recommend as a first step for anybody who's thinking like, I may want to sell my business in the future, or maybe I even I just may want to take on some partners or anything, have a business valuation done. They're pretty affordable in nature and it gives you like a starting point, a place to start from and an understanding of how your company would be valued in the future. I think it's a, a really helpful report card. Any business owner can get on their company.
0: Yeah. If you could ser- share some data, it's like uh, uh, a business owner usually off with their value compared to your calculation.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> They're, I mean, it's really funny. I, whenever I talk to somebody, their business is either worth nothing, right? So there's a lot of people who don't believe anybody would buy their business, or they think their business is worth, and it's always a round number. It's always either 110 or 100 million. It's never <laughs> like 920,000, right? So it's always 110 or 100 million. But yeah, on average, I'd say when we go through the valuation process, the owners overestimate the com- their company value on average two to three times. It's pretty significant. So,
0: well, what well, you talked about, you know, their way to increase value and, you know, profitability, you know, are there you you talk about EB data, right? You know, obviously sales uh, matters and then the larger the business, the better. And I would assume that if you have a good procedure in place, it will be better than if the owner just run all the day to day and all the things as the owner. So you get back. Actually, the buyer is buying a job. Right. So, yep. you know. Are there any tips that you could uh, tell the listener to increase their value and profitability? If they're maybe they have a longer term plan, right? Maybe in five years I want to be in Caribbean, right? I'm going to sell my business. So you know, what 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 advice would you offer us?
1: Yeah. So on the profitability side, this is the first thing I do with all of our clients because it gets more money in, back in your pocket right away. And what I do is we go through all of their expenses and we ask two questions is this expense still necessary in the business and is it still working in the business? So just like how we, you know, we have that expense creep on our interpersonal our lives. We're like, well, have all these subscriptions, Netflix, Showtimes, the gym, we don't use all that stuff. The same thing happens in our businesses. So what I've noticed is if you just go through those expenses, ideally once a quarter when you're first getting started, but at least annually, um, I personally, when I started doing this practice, I increased our profitability by 40% in the first year, just by shaving all those little expenses. And why I recommend doing that first is because then it frees up additional profit for you as an owner to put in your pocket, or you can reinvest back into the business by hiring outsourcing. So then you can reduce your role as an owner. Like you talked about Swire, it's Much more valuable to have a business that's a process, that's a model that runs without you or with limited owner involvement than it is if you're involved in every single um, task and every single process in your business. So you can take that money, reinvest it, hire some good people, start to offload some of your responsibilities. And I do recommend doing that even if you're five years out, because I mean, it'll give you more money and then more time back when you hire those people. So hopefully it makes you a happier entrepreneur too.
0: like you mentioned buying a house, right? The buying business, they're, they're, you know, they're similar. And as a buyer, you want a turnkey experience. You don't want to go in and fix the kitchen and things like that. So they might, but, you know, they will offer you a lower price. So if you have a turnkey business, right? If, if that's the correct term, you're, you actually can attract more sellers because, you know, if they're unfamiliar with your industry or they're unfamiliar with your process. So what if you only have two large customers and then when they go in, you know, you don't have the relationship, then you have no business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are all valid points. And yes, you're right that there are buyers that will buy fixer uppers, right? We call them turnarounds, but they're limited buyers, right? So then it's just like, Again, back to the analogy of selling a house. If you know you have an open house and only one person shows up, you have to convince that one person to buy your house. It's the same thing with your business. You the more people that are interested in buying the business, the higher price and better terms you would get. So if you can attract people from outside the industry because it is turnkey, that's that's always going to get you a better deal.
0: Do you also advise, you know, because I think the reason people in the process that end up not selling is, I think the seller, a lot of times they don't think about what they would do afterwards. A lot of, you know, it's the baby, right? You know, so once you have your baby, you really don't want to let go. And I think a lot of times emotionally, the, the deals didn't go through is because they haven't thought clearly about what they want to do next. Like, can you touch on those? Is, is it one of the challenges that you deal with, with uh, advising clients?
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that it shows up subconsciously for us, right? So, and I'll tell, I'll, uh, tell a little bit about my story of my first sale. And so um, I mentioned I was in the wine and spirits business and I was completely burnt out. Like I thought I hated this company and I was working around the clock, right? But I'd never thought what I was going to do after. So I was just running away from this company. I wasn't running towards anything, And how that showed up in the deal process is because I was so unsure of what my identity and role was going to be the day after closing. In the deal process, I'd argue with the buyer over stupid little things, right? Or, you know, try and blow up the deal over like something that didn't really matter to me. But it was because I had that insecurity moving forward. So now when I, I do talk to sellers and I coach them, I say, find something to run towards. And that doesn't necessarily have to be another business or a career. Um, It could be spending time with your grandkids, volunteering on a charity board. It could just be planning a trip of a lifetime, right? Anything that you can focus your attention on, at least in the short term after the sale, you're still going to have that identity crisis, right? Especially if you've been in your business a very long time, you still will have that. But having something to look forward to and planning for will at least soften that and reduce the emotional distress that's going on inside us, um, during that sale process.
0: From, from your experience, is that like, like the top reason that the deals won't go through, you know, what are some of the things that we should, you know, consider and maybe prepare for if we're about to go into, you know, thinking about selling a business?
1: Yeah. So no, number one still is the seller's expectations and like what the company's worth and how, how the deal is going to be structured and other thing. you know, we could touch on, we don't have to today is that, you know, seller financing is required for most deals, not a big piece of seller financing, but some of it's done. And sometimes sellers won't agree to that. So there's that big bucket of just seller expectations being misaligned with what's common in the marketplace. Um, I I do think that the uncertainty um, is a big reason that things don't go come uh, go through. But it's more of that subconscious that I talked about where things show up. And then then there is the the financial piece, right? So a lot of buyers do use some sort of lending or financing to acquire businesses. About 70% of deals Mm -hmm. are done with some type of financing, whether that's SBA or something else. So another major reason deals don't go through is because when we go into underwriting, the numbers don't add up, right? Um, And then that comes back to the seller having to accept a lower offer um, or the buyer putting more cash down, some type of economic event that... Needs to make those numbers align with what the underwriters see. So those are kind of like the three big ones of just seller expectations, that subconscious. I'm not sure what I'm going to do after, and then financing is just a big unknown. So,
0: what would you suggest? You know, for a listener who didn't have that idea, but that they have their the business for a while. You know, they always want to do something else, or they want to start other business. How? far ahead should they consider? And then other than what we have just talked about, you know, what are some of the elements that they, they need to have before they speak to a professional like yourself?
1: Yeah. So I'd say the first step I'd recommend to anyone even just considering it is just have that business valuation done. It's kind of just a checkup on your business. It shows you what's working, what's not. Um, In our business, we call them exit assessments. So we look at what the company is worth today. And then we take what your future goal is, and we tell you how long it's going to be to get to that goal. So it gives you kind of some information. So that's that checkup I would just always have done. Um, Before that, it's super helpful to have some good books and records in order. However, if you don't have those in in order, um, that process can help you figure out what you really need to do to tidy up the financials in your business. But typically, um, an assessor will look at the last three years of profit and loss statements and balance sheets to help determine what that business is worth.
0: Okay. Yeah. all. It sounded like it's all a numbers game, like their uh, emotional factor, right? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I think actually is harder to do with than you know, financial, it's, it's pretty clean if you, if you follow everything and do it right, you know, either you have it or uh, you don't.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like there is like, look, there's some of that qualitative stuff that I talked about, but essentially it does, it does the, the business sale. A lot of it comes down to numbers and a formula. And it is hard to um, explain that to people, it's hard for me to understand, especially when you have put so much emotion and so much of yourself into a business. That's just what the buyers will see, right? They're just going to be looking at the numbers, um, because this is going to have to pay for their life as well, too. Like we talked about, you know, some are buying a job, but most are buying an investment. Um, and they're going imbu- to imbet- vet that business like they would any other investment, which is going to be focused on numbers.
0: Is a is a business with more tangible product that pe- that buyers can touch and feel easier sell than maybe like a tech company or maybe a service based business.
1: You know, it used to yes definitely be a lot easier to sell. And now, and I think this is a different shift that we saw um, during like the COVID era too. Is buyers are really open to online businesses, remote businesses. They they see a lot more flexibility in that. So I, I think. There's more desirability, honestly, now on that side um, than it is tangible products, tangible locations. But it's easier to prove the value with a business of tangible products, tangible locations When it, than it is, especially in the startup world with the tech companies and things like that. Um, as a buyer, you're trying to vet, like, you know, what could the value be of this business? And it's a lot more intangible um, and harder to
0: value. So Jessica, I, I think, you know, We kind of get into really personal questions for a listener. Who am I considering? You know, if they want to reach out to you and, you know, do the evaluation, what would be a good way? And then what would you suggest that they prepare before reaching out?
1: Yeah. So you can reach me directly at jessica at exitfactor.com um, or direct line is 720-443-4450. And just ahead of time, if you can give me a, a little bit of an overview financially of where the company's been the last uh, few years, whether that's P&Ls or just kind of what you have, we can start there.
0: Thank you so much, Jessica. I'll, I'll definitely put the information on the show notes and you know, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends or colleagues who might benefit from the conversation. Any questions or feedback, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Our show is live streamed both on YouTube and LinkedIn every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll see you next time.